This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. I've been warning you that what we see happening in Israel right now has a possibility of happening here. And I'd say to you that um, that possibility is stronger than ever right now. Myself, many others included, I saw uh, Dan Bongino posted on Twitter early Sunday morning, buy ammo, buy ammo, pretty stark warning, others making similar warnings. I'm going to get into the details of all this. Obviously, you're watching what's happening in Israel, the attack by Hamas. I can't really talk about that that situation much. I'm not allowed to. Yeah, it's not that I'm not allowed to. But I find that it's very difficult to have a conversation, quite frankly, even in my own home, because we have a Jewish family. And it's become so difficult because... And maybe I'm not appreciating the full picture. It just seems that um, as a non-Jew, to say anything about Jewish people, it becomes a very fragile, difficult conversation. And for me personally, and I don't really care about that. You know me. uh, But particularly in this case, I don't think we need to be making enemies of Jewish people here or in Israel. I think that the problems that we see, I've said, I continue to see, are there Jewish people that are doing bad things? Are there Jewish people that are doing the wrong thing? Well, of course. Why do you think we're having the problems that we are? But it's not limited to to Jewish people. You know, you can see all these statistics. I saw one that said that, um, I don't know, some high number of American senators hold a dual citizenship with Israel. And so, you, you know, this is driving anti-Semitic. Oh, the, the Jews are taking over. And, you know, I remember when the Japanese were taking over. The Japanese were buying up America. And now we hear the Chinese are, are buying up and the, the Jews are taking over. You know, and, and um, you know, there may be some small truths in that. But what I've said and I, I continue to say Somebody, a Jewish person doing something wrong isn't because they're Jewish. It's in spite of being Jewish. You know, when the Catholic priests were, um, uh, for the purposes of this conversation, I'll say um, mistreating children, we didn't didn't blame that on Christianity. We didn't say, oh, the damn Christians— it's funny how people look at things. And you get the idea of how uh, comp- not, uh, sensitive the whole thing gets to be. But in, in the case of talking about Israel, the conversation has become political. It's been made political by is, is Israel, really, and Jewish people mainly, I feel. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I want to talk about the attack. I want to forget about the politics. I really do. Because as I indicated, I, I don't think it's a good time— for us to be making further enemies with anybody, let alone Jewish people. I don't believe that the people, because they're Jewish, are uh, somehow the enemies of non-Jews. You're going to have racist Jews. You're going to have, you know, just like you do in the Amish community. 
And be like, oh, the nice Amish people. They ain't all nice. I'm going to tell you that. True fact. All right. Let me get away from it. I hate talking about that stuff. Why did we want to talk about the politics end of it a second? Why so much video from Israel? We have more footage. I know I'm not the only one saying this. People, there's people, hey, well, how can we get all of a sudden get all this video? It's actually a little uncanny because uh, the Israeli um, uh, army there had a strict policy of no video, no reporters. Um, you don't usually get to see anything. Well, this time around, we're getting to see a lot. I guess thanks to Twitter, where I'm getting most of it. Um, but we don't get anything from Ukraine. It's not like Ukraine doesn't have Twitter. They do. Why no immediate help? I said to my wife, I mean, if, if Israel were truly our ally, I thought they were, why aren't we immediately mobilizing aircraft carriers in the area? Just immediately moving them into the region. Hey, we're here. We're going to make our presence known. No, no air support immediately? No flyovers immediately to begin to uh, try and um, calm things down? Why not? You want to tell me, oh, there's some tactical reason I'm unaware of? Okay, I don't know. Who are the real fascists? Who are the Nazis? Who would be against the state of Israel, the legal nation state of Israel? I don't know. I don't know. Why Why did the, the um, no indication at all from Israeli intelligence is as good as their intelligence is? No indication at all? They're saying that weapons were being moved from Afghanistan, American weapons, they're saying, to, to use against Israelis. How long before they're using our own weapons against us? I don't know. Why is this problem in Israel any more or less our problem than the problem in Ukraine? Isn't this a uh, ancient border dispute when you really get down to it? Now, you could say, well, the... The Arabs are, you know, much more vicious, killing women and children. There's accusations back and forth. I don't see any of that that matters. I would tend to agree that the morality of the uh, Arabs in this regard is not the same as the uh, um, Jewish soldiers would generally follow. You're always going to have rogue components of that, right? I don't know. How's it our problem any more or less? They are our ally. I don't know that Ukraine was in the same way. So as our ally, you would think we would be defending them. I think, generally speaking, at a minimum, I I do support providing uh, air support in the area. I have to think about that a little bit more. I don't know. Will we get involved? Will will this be the trigger for the United States to get involved in, in both Ukraine and in the Middle East? I don't see any of that, by the way. In my military contacts, I don't see any indication that we're going anywhere right now. Either way, what you have is a multi-front war going on. Tell me we're not in World War III right now. I don't know how you can say that. And it was almost like it was begged to be started. But there's something else that I want you to know. I haven't talked about this in a while, and I just wanted to make you aware of this. It's not my area of expertise, by the way. Just to be clear, on the geopolitical garbage over here and how complicated it is with all these, you know, millions of years, thousands of years old history and family fighting that goes on. And uh, it's just not my area of expertise. Um, My interest is peace. I can understand. Looking at the video and the images, and I'm going to talk to you about some of the stories going on over there. I can understand why... uh, Israel would want retribution, and I think we may see that. 
that in itself could be very telling? I don't know. But we now have a, a multi-front war going on. And here's the part that I want you to know. And I, I believe that I was able to um, gain this information from Israeli news, by the way, saying that there was a huge coalition, I want to say, totaling 10 million fighters of this Arab coalition uh, against Israel, that they had planned all these different things. That you're, and again, it's not my, my area of expertise. I can't give you all the details. Some of you may know better than me, but uh, you know, there's issues in Turkey, um, Egypt. Uh, I'm going to give you a report on that in a second. E- Egypt, they were like, they were staying, doing everything they could to stay as far away from this as they can. Ain't happening. Don't be surprised if you don't see Israeli airstrikes on Egypt before you know it. That could be very interesting. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll get to that part in a second. But what I'm telling you is that there is a lot of anger and hostility towards Israel. There is a very coordinated alliance. The alliances have been made. Some of them loosely. Who knows the loyalties? I don't know. But you've got Iran, North Korea, Russia, China, I'm not sure where they fall. India, you know, India, China, the United States are so big, I think we kind of like play both sides of the fence, you know what I mean? I don't know, but you have these alliances. I've Then I guess you've got NATO, right? NATO and everybody else, more or less, is the way it's ending up. And these other countries, they, they seem to have their act together. You've got alliances that have been formed, global alliances and violences started in, on two fronts now, let alone these other little skirmishes. What happened to Kosovo, Serbia, whatever was going on there? That just dried up. Some people are saying, you know, the, the war machine, they needed something to take the stage that, you know, people they don't want to fund Ukraine. All right, we're going to have to start something bigger. I, I don't know about any of that. I really don't. But I know this that this can easily spread, easily spread. Um, This Zionism, if you know anything about it, I was at a, um, I forget the name of the group, the Philadelphia Zionist group were giving an award. I happened to be at their banquet dinner. Very patriotic Americans, by the way, but they feel that it's very important that there be this legal nation state with defined borders of Israel. It's an interesting um, topic. You could talk to pro-Palestinian people that feel differently. You've got the whole issue of the desire, desire of the Palestinians to kill off the Israels that they're threatening, the, uh, the Jewish people, that they feel threatened by them. Many in Europe and Eastern Europe also feel threatened by Jewish people. The same here. But isn't this um, Zionism, the Zionist desire, for a, a legal nation-state of Israel in conflict with globalism? I don't know. It's hard to know. Who knows, really? But the violence has started. The alliances are made. And this absolutely has the ability to spread. And this is what I was completely right about. There have been demonstrations in major cities around the world, and they've all been pro-Palestine. You don't see the I stand with Israel signs, do you? Why not? 
some people in some places would be afraid to put that up. Anti-Semitism is real. It's a weird phenomenon of people's hatred for Jewish people. I've seen racist Jewish people, albeit, you know, not looking to kill anybody. And I mean that. But hate-filled all the same. Hate-filled people, whether it's Christians or Jews, is going to cause a problem. There's going to be conflict. Sadly, it's all avoidable. But that's not what we're talking about today, which is an even sadder position when you think about it. Just like I said with the Ukraine war, who's praying for peace? I haven't heard a single call. I think Ocasio-Cortez. And they blast her. Oh, yeah, sure. One side makes a vicious surprise attack, and now you want to de-escalate. A lot of people want to see retribution. Retribution, is that a Christian value? But then again, you got to pull out the weeds too, right? If you're going to have a fruitful garden, you've got to pull the weeds at some point. How do you balance all that? It's not for me to decide. But I told you that especially with the technology today, the availability of weapons doesn't have to just be firearms, by the way. There's so much available today. Even if they were to be successful in taking away the firearms, the problem largely remains the same. You can easily today make miniature homemade cannons. Uh, By the way, I I don't even want to talk about a lot of details of what I want to say about this. I'm going to speak in generalities on purpose because I really don't want to put any ideas out there. And I want to be right up front with you. This is all bad. I've told you before, all the people, oh, yeah, bring it, I'm ready to go. (laughs) You have no idea what you're talking about. And it's not always easy to turn it off. Whoa, 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 what have we done? That's what people regret. You know, then there will be years of sadness. What happened here? What happened here? It doesn't have to be. And so to that end, I'm going to say to you, as much as I'm preparing myself, which is what I want to talk to you about, I'm praying for peace, trying to think of, uh, even as today as I was going through some thoughts on the preparation end, um, you know, I want to do what I can to to be promoting peace, not war. It's not good, my friends. It's not good. Um, but what was I right about? You, you could take away the firearms. There's so many weapons available today that um, far beyond uh, firearms that in some cases arguably could probably do more damage anyway. I've said this before. You know, the popularity of the AR-15, it's not the best weapon for every scenario at all. Uh, in many cases, actually, everybody just you know it's easy to fire, it's easy to reload. So, you know, every every uh, knucklehead out there that thinks they want to be Rambo is going to saddle one of them. They're just slapping a magazine, and I guess they feel cool doing that. And it is a great weapon, it really is. But there's many other ways to defend and uh, also uh, carry out uh, acquired targets as well. 
And I would encourage you to begin uh, at least uh, learning general understandings. What am I talking about? I've been saying to you, and again, I'm not going to get any specifics today, but I can just tell you, this isn't something that I study. Uh, I, I, I don't want to see it happen. I just see how easy it would be to turn off power to a given area. Right now, uh, probably in the in the popular you know world of social media, they'd say, "Well, they're going to shoot the transformers. They're going to put guards at the transformers or something like that." You don't need to shoot anything, and you could quietly do it in a way that would be far more destructive, in a way that would be far far more difficult to repair. And if you were to do that in this area, say in February, you could have big problems as a result of that. You know, you if you had 100,000 people in this area without power in February, it could be a very, very difficult situation. And even, even, even not, you know, withstanding death and injury as a result of that, you um, the disruption that it would create. And if you had a power outage here starting in February and it lasted till August or something like that, it would be a ghost town. Just that that's one thing that I'm giving you. And that electric grid is so vulnerable. No, Joe Biden, you don't need an F-18 to do it. And you don't even need an AR-15 to do it. With some simple basic tools and a little common sense, you could easily do it. Several people could carry out the plan. And I've only just thought of this one way. I'm sure there's a million others or somebody that really understands those systems and knows what they're doing. How about disruptions to the sewer systems? You don't think that there, I don't really even know how you would do this. I could think of a couple of practical ways. But how disruptive would it be if somebody was able to, in a very sinister fashion, uh, create a problem at several key sewage pinch points? No, no pun intended. And suddenly, you know, 100,000 people are without available sewer service or they've got to do this via pump and haul. I'm not going to get into the details of that. Water distribution in, uh, disrupted. What? How chaotic would that be? All of these systems are very, very vulnerable. And you say, "What well, vulnerable to what?" I mean, we're not going to have Hamas, you know, flying over the Canadian border. No, really, they're already here. They're already here. What do you think I'm telling you? I had been describing to you threats. I don't want to go through it. I don't want to keep putting it out there. But what does it take to carry it? What did you see in these videos? They needed the ability to communicate easy peasy these days, multiple ways to do that, even with encryption available. Maybe that's how they kept it secret. Uh, Night vision, to some extent, I think is largely available. Travel, the ability to get around in in, um, highly mobile ways, right? The ability to conduct surveillance and the ability to acquire targets, proven very easily. I I don't remember the details of the story, but I remember um, reading an account where they had um, taken some American generals to see if they could successfully carry out an attack. Um, And it was a scenario like this, where they were going to attack the United States. And in this simulation, they were able to easily do it. There's just, there's been a switch. I mean, the drones alone, when you think about it, just looking at the drone technology, just that one tool alone 
you look at what it does to uh, change how difficult it could be to defend yourself. You look at the way these um, drones are being used in Ukraine. From what I understand, they're taking civilian drones and modifying them and using them in combat. What does the Ukrainian army do in that? They say that um, there's a supposed video of an, as of an Israeli, of an, an Israeli tank. Whew. Tongue twister there. Getting blown up by a, a drone dropping an explosive device. That's quite an explosive device, man. Quite a, a, a drone that would have the ability to lift that. So I'm a little skeptical, but it seems to be the case. Now, uh, even for some of you who have served in the military or been in combat, uh, but haven't had to deal with the drones, imagine you're out on a patrol or you're on a gun section like I was, and, and suddenly there's a couple of drones flying around. And maybe you hear them, maybe you don't. <laughs> it's crazy, freaky how it has uh, changed the dynamic. Now, I think there, I know there's ways to uh, defend against these things. But just like the Israeli Iron Dome, they're figuring out ways to get around it. And the numbers are staggering. Forget about the the methods, because like I said to you, I, I really don't even want to get into it. But you need to be thinking creatively. You know, how, do, how can you uh, defend your position, shelter in place, and how can you get out? If you have to move quickly, look at how quickly this came on. And you say, wow, there's been conflict there, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you. <laughs> Matter of fact, it's the opening line of my new new book, which is finished and ready to go to the editor. I'm hoping to have that sent to the editor in the next couple of weeks, and then we'll start talking about a publishing date. But you know what the opening sentence is? Things can change quickly. I'm talking about the Battle of Kafchi in that book, but I'm going to tell you, from my time in combat, it is amazing. And even looking back, I say, well, you know, this buildup took months and the this and then that. But once the violence began, it was uh, incredible, incredible. Uh, the, the, the scale of it is just unimaginable, really, I think, for most people. And, and to think that we've got this going on in various places around the world, the, what will the impact of that be? What if China decides to open up on Taiwan? What do we do that at this particular time of all things? The strategic oil reserve is very low. Do you have enough fuel? Have you gone over all these things to even prepare a little bit? Let me tell you something right now. If you're flying right now with no backup, like if you've done nothing to prepare yourself to even deal with, say, a 48-hour disruption of services, you're taking a big chance. If you have done nothing, I saw that they were um, distributing uh, weapons to Israeli people, supposedly. It's too late. I mean, they've already uh, carted off the women and children, and now you're going to pass out the guns. Do you have the ability to protect yourself? I've told you, it doesn't have to be with a firearm. In fact, you should have other ways. You have good security in general. And you say, well, you can't rely on this and that. And that's okay, that's why I have four layers of it. But I have everything that I can reasonably have. 
you're not going to just have the ability to, to roll in here and, and cart people off. There is going to be at least a little resistance. And if we have even a minute to prepare, there's going to be a lot of resistance where we're going to get out very quickly. And I know how to do that very effectively. I Look at the, the, the some of these um, stories in Israel are just, uh, if this doesn't wake people up, I don't know what does. Incoming reports of around 200 bodies having been found at the scene of the music festival. I have a feeling that number is going to be through the roof. These are just young, innocent, liberal partygoers, you know. Yeah, man, just having a good time. What was their crime? Being in the wrong place at the wrong time. This served no military purpose. This gives you an idea of, of the type of enemy that we're dealing with. This is no system of justice that they carry out. It's mayhem, pure evil, that they would mow down innocent young people, guilty of nothing but having a good time, out in the middle of the desert, not bothering anybody. Seems the situation there was much worse than initially thought. People running for their lives across the open desert with nowhere to hide. Just told by Israelis' ambassador to the United Nations that there are dozens of American citizens among the hostages in Gaza. This hostage situation is going to make this whole thing very, very complicated. They're going to use those hostages, those poor people, those poor people. This story, did you see the, the images of the young girl that the Hamas threw on a motorcycle and carted her off? The father came out pleading. It's too late, my friend. I've said to you, either you acquiesce or you fight. There's no other choice. It's coming. Do you not see it? Most people don't. And I'll say it again. I know you think I'm a freak. I feel like the the young kid, that Bruce Willis movie, where the kid could see the dead bodies. No, I'm not seeing dead bodies, don't I? <laughs> I already know you think I need to go to the psychologist. Look at what's going on. Listen, don't take my word for it. I just read a report. They increased... Uh, police presence at synagogues uh, in New York City and uh, parts of Florida um, to ensure that there was proper security during this time. How long is that going to have to go on? Quite a while. And you say, well, I'm not Jewish, or I don't live in those areas. Why should I care? Hmm. I saw this video. It was interesting. These uh, um, young white liberals were um, in an apartment watching through the window as a Black Lives Matter protest went by and they were giving them the thumbs up and they're saying, we support you. And they had their Black Lives Matter flag and boosh, <laughs> broken window. And they were screaming and we're on your side, we're on your side. These people have no idea what they're dealing with. And this is the case with this Hamas. And when they turn on that switch and they convince people, and there's a lot of it going on, 
convincing people that this is righteous, that this is um, somehow owed to Israel, that Israel deserved this. That is the most horrific part of what I see going on right now. You, that is no justice. That is not from my Bible. That is not from my God. Not Jewish, not from the Old Testament, not from the New Testament. Unreal, really. The, just the vicious, callous, cold-bloodedness. For what? I started to say this about this attack on the concert. There was, there was a, it was a military liability, really. A, a waste of ammo, you could say, at the very least. Ammo, energy, to, uh, to do what? To anger Israel, it succeeded in doing that as well. All it did was to justify um, Israel, who has a more gunpower, more firepower, to respond appropriately. A waste of military. It was very foolish from a military standpoint. No military purpose. And not even in an area where you could say, like, um, where you'll have invaders that want to wreak havoc and disturb the population, stir things up, whatever. That is a tactic. But that's not what's going on here. Harass people, keep them scared so that they'll obey the, you know, a, a, a small invading army kind of thing. But that's not what's happening here. They're in the middle of nowhere. This was purely out of hate and vengeance. It's evil in every way imaginable. That the elders, the leaders of that community, that not only would they not condemn it to stop it, they encourage it. They're the ones that have planned it and carried it out. And they'd be happy to do more. And then I see this now attacks in Egypt. How long before other groups are inspired by this? This is a big problem. I told you this was going to happen. I told you the stories. Imagine you're coming home from work. And here's a homeless person walking up the street. And just as you're trying to pull in your driveway, you, you have to wait for them to pass. And they kind of limp it along slowly. And you have to wait a minute. And you're, you're sitting there trying to turn in your driveway. And this homeless person looks up and yeah, what? And throws it around. What are you looking at? It gives you this. And it just stops there in your driveway, staring you down. What? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Hmm? Finally, they drag off. Now you got to pull in. Hey, honey, how was work? Work was fine, but did you see that guy walking by? Now imagine it's two of them, three of them, ten of them. It's happening every day. There's a tent out front. What are you going to do? That's just one way. What are you going to do if suddenly, just like uh, in Israel, there's this door-to-door fight? Would you know how to handle it? I know how to handle it. I know exactly how to handle it. I'll tell you what I would do in this case. I think this would be fair to say. I really haven't even thought about this, but I think I could respond pretty effectively without giving it much direct thought. Uh, Assuming my family's home, um, number one, I would uh, put the dogs out. Um... All of them. I would have them out of the house. And uh, then I would hide my family outside um, in the bushes, concealed completely, not in the house or any structure. 
and I would keep them there until I was um, confident that it was safe. Um, we would have to hunker down until you're sure that you can travel safely. Now, let's just say this is a situation just like Israel. There's rocket attacks, explosions going off, you know, maybe some kind of air activity. They had these guys flying in on these paragliders, motorcycles coming through. Um, by the way, there's already an army of these motorcycles in these um, uh, communities in places like Philadelphia. They already have them. They have the four wheel. How how hard would it be? And it, it doesn't have to be Hezbollah. It doesn't have to be Russian coordinated, Iran sponsored. You know, suppose a hundred of these people think, you know what? We're gonna go take up a position up there in the suburbs for a while, our own little chaz or whatever they concoct for whatever reason. All of a sudden, you got these six these ATVs rolling up in your yard. Oh, I got something for you. I got something for you. If, if it happened quickly, I would put the family, my family, in the safe room, and I would bring out the largest caliber weapons I have, and I would take up a position myself as best I could, under cover and concealment. And God bless you. <laughs> God bless you, one Marine fireman, well-armed, God bless you trying to take that hill. I'm <laughs> just telling you, it's going to get ugly. And I would say to you that chances are that I would be able to lay down enough um, devastation fast enough that it would scare them off. Um, I have the ability at nighttime. Uh, I have very high-intensity light, um, other tools as well. And we could quickly make this target very, very unappealing. Um, how many people are prepared to do that? How many prepared to do that? How many would even have an idea? I'm going to tell you a, a funny little story about this fight or acquiesce part of it. The, 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 the physical preparation is one small part. I'm coming to realize, I remember... Um, reading that only like 5% of the population is capable of shooting another human being, even in self-defense. That the number of people that are willing to fight back, the number, you know, thou shalt not kill, people take that and they, they can't think beyond it. And thank God, thank God, at least we've got that going for us. I don't know if I believe that number. I think that, you know, people in their families at risk, their real number may be higher. But even then, you take the number of people that are emotionally capable of saying, okay, I'll do it, and then to be able to do it proficiently, it's not many people. It's not many people. And why I say to you, you know, if, if things really get uh, go get ugly, it's going to be up to just a very few people that are able and willing to step up and do something about it. I uh, Here's a funny little story for you, I'll tell you. We um, have a... Um, let me just, I don't want to be too specific because I don't want to do much to reveal my location. I'll say it like this. We got into a dispute with the property owner behind us. Very short dispute. I talked to him on uh, Friday. I tried to call him to work it out directly Friday morning. He didn't respond to my call. It was keeping us up all night, the noise from this nuisance. And um, it went on for two nights. I uh, started Wednesday. 
really disruptive to us. You know, the dogs are barking. You know, my daughter has school. Um, you know, I'm hyper vigilant as it is, and you know, people are coming and going. It was really a big disturbance. Friday morning, I called over there. I didn't get a call back. By noon, I was calling the township, and by three o'clock, they got involved very quickly. By three o'clock, uh, I was calling the police, who were extremely professional. It was a goofy scenario. Uh, anyway, by seven o'clock Friday night, the problem was resolved. I around by about four o'clock, the property owner called me, and. Um, <clears throat> He was a little upset that I had called in the Calvary like that. And um, I said, hey, I tried to reach out to you. But basically, you know, what he was doing there, and there was another party involved. I don't need to get into all that either. But um, I, I don't. it was not intentional, but it was done with, with complete disregard for the neighbors, <laughs> bottom line. And, you know, I said, look, dude, I, you know, I tried to call you. And, you know, you got to use your head a little bit here, too. You know, if I'm going to have a fireworks party out here at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm, I'm going to maybe let you know in advance, not just assume it's okay to do that on a Tuesday night. That's not what was going on. I'm just saying, you know, there, there's rules about these things. And we, we live in a suburban area. And there's pretty strict rules, actually. And I'm not looking. But here's my point about all that. Um, and I just said to the guys, listen, I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I, I support you. I support what you're doing. And I do. I meant it. I hated to do that. Um, and he's going to have a big problem as a result of it because he was breaking some laws there, some zoning stuff that's going to get him jammed up. Um, but that's not really my problem. I just said to him, I said, listen, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'll even, you know, let the township know that, you know, I'm good with you. You resolve this immediately. I cannot thank you enough. But I can't have this going on. And here's the funny thing I wanted to tell you about this. My wife and a couple of people close to me, I, of course, been telling this story and, you know, my veracity in dealing with it, my tenacity. And a few minutes say, you know, oh, you need to calm down and you know, give the guy a chance and this and that. And um, there was some security issues involved in all this as well, by the way, that I don't want to really disclose either. And, um, I said, you know, it's it's not me. It's not me. We're, we're going to play by the rules. We've all agreed to these rules. We all pay taxes down here. I'm not being unreasonable. You know, this isn't because it's like a, a radio plan or something like that. This is like through the night for two nights, come night three. And I'm like, oh, we're not going to do this through the weekend. And they had every, and this was going to be a permanent thing. They, they had literally ran power to the five feet from the property line. Like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. And they didn't get permanent. Anyway, the main point I wanted to tell you out of all that, I was nice as pie. I was never rude to anybody. Uh, maybe mild, I would say persistent. I don't even think I was pushy. You could say demanding, but I don't really think. I was saying, look, I'm not, I'm not going to tolerate this. Is what, you're going to call that demanding. I'm going to defend my property. I mean, I'm not uh, JBO Got Rocks over here. You know, this isn't the uh, super estate. We've got our own little postage stamp over here, our own little corner of the world, but we've invested a lot in it, you know, under certain assumptions. We want to protect the value of that. We enjoy our quality of life. And it was so nice and quiet through the weekend. I was so glad I, I took the effort. I felt a little bad as I pondered um, his dilemma. I've been on the receiving end of that kind of thing for different reasons. And he's going to have a bit of a legal headache now. 
Um, but And I told him, he said, you know, I'm down here. You could have came down and talked to me. And I'll just tell you this real quick. I said, under the circumstances, I wasn't comfortable doing that. We had a, a situation um, a couple of years ago. It was when I was healing from the concussion. And uh, there was some really loud music. And uh, I actually thought it was from the same property, and it wasn't. And uh, anyway, it was like a, a mile down the road, this dance studio had this music. It was like during COVID, they had to move outside, and they had these giant speakers. And I went down there to try and discuss with them. It was the same thing. I knew that what they were doing was illegal. I know the legal process the township is going to take, and it's not fun if you're on the receiving end of it because I've been there. It costs you a lot of money. They're going to shut it down. That's exactly what happened with the dance studio. I went down there and I tried to talk to them. They really didn't want to talk to me. I actually went back like a fool. It was a female business owner. And I think she got a little creeped. I was trying to be nice. I think she got a little creeped out, got very defensive. I had to like back away. and say he's going to call the cops on me like, she's, like I'm harassing her or something. I just play. I said, I'll, I'll call the township. And... Um, you know, I get it. I'm a big guy. I don't, I'm not exactly Mr. Warm and Fuzzy. This lady probably like, who the hell are you coming down here giving me a hard time? But whatever. I tried to handle it diplomatically, and it didn't go well. And I was like, I'm not doing that again, especially in this day and age. I'm going to go walk onto his property. Hey. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I just can't take that risk. Sorry, man. You should have thought about it before you went and did that. Anyway, uh, the tenacity part is the reason that I bring it up. And what I'm saying to you is you, you need to assess yourself and your spouse, your children in reality of the special needs kids. Um, you know, could you could you even do anything? And some people say, Chris, what are we talking about? You better not ignore this. I'm telling you. I know most people are. I know they are. I think it's a dangerous position to take. I really do. But if you say, look, there's no way. If you have no training. I've said this, don't go run out and buying firearms if you don't know how to use them. If you're going to do that, you better get some training. It's a big mistake, and there's plenty of ways to uh, defend yourself. You're going to get out. You're going to hide. There's lots of ways to do things. You know, you could create a little hideaway cellar in your yard. Um, Not the kind of thing I'm into because it's not my thing. You know, I'd rather stand up and be shot than go cower like a scared rabbit. Just not me. That's my thing. Not that I'm going to just stand there and get shot either. I'm just telling you, things can change very, very quickly. They've pumped. You say, this can't happen here. Dude, you better look around. And you better start taking a real... You want to, let me give you the, the real threat assessment from my perspective. The bodies are there. You keep seeing it. Young males, young males... They've got them sitting in Chicago. They don't have places for them. They're going to put them in tents in Chicago in the winter. There have already been protests before any of this. This isn't Hamas. This isn't Palestine. I don't know who these people are. Neither do you. Who knows what they support? Who knows who funded them to get here? I'm hearing stories that the U.N. is funding these people to come here. They're giving them debit cards and stuff, and, and they're protesting. Then they want more in food stamps, not enough money for food, that they want the government to give them more. We're feeding these people the economic burden, just that. Our strategic oil reserve is low. Our debt is through the roof. We've got huge looming pension problems. We're out of artillery ammunition. Stockpiles of weapons have been depleted in in Ukraine. Our our, um, military is, is worn out. 
Um, it's a mess right now in many ways. Internal conflict everywhere. And you look at what's going on. The, the, the able-bodied people, right? Able and willing is already there. The sheer numbers alone. You look at these electric bikes in places like New York City, the ability to move is there. Many cars they have, the weapons are already out there, the drones, the four-wheelers, the ATVs. All of it's already in place. All it's going to take is a trigger. The question is, will you be prepared? You have to be thinking about security. Have you thought about how to black out your windows? You know, I've had this discussion with my buddy Butch Erskine from Hope for Survival, hopeforsurvival.com. You can go check it out. Um, I don't have any business relationship. We've just become friends over the years. He's been kind of busy, to say the least. Some of the things that um, we discussed, it's freaky, very freaky. There's one. Did you hear my dog barking? You prepared to put the dogs down? Because that little bark could get you killed. Imagine that. Imagine having to say to your family, Daddy, where are you going with the dogs? Where are they? Are you prepared to take care of things like this? These are decisions most people are not. And you better start thinking realistically about it. And I would not just assume that there's nothing going on. Most places, I would say, are vulnerable in some way or another. And then to think, to think, what does it usher in? Just imagine that New York unravels. You say, well, I'm not in New York. I don't have to worry about it. Look at what happened with September 11th and how it affects the rest of the country. It doesn't take a lot. Things can change quickly. I predicted this. I told you it was going to happen. The only thing I got wrong is it didn't happen here yet. Think about that. Hey, I'm planning to come back Wednesday, but with everything going on, we'll see what happens. Three days a week is good for me. I feel good. You feel good. I don't know about that, but um, it just kind of seems to be where I'm at right now. So I'll see you back in a couple of days. In the meantime, make it a great day. 